You can essentially boil the concept of revelation as relates to God into two categories. One is what would be called God's general revelation. In other words, how he's revealed himself in nature, in the creation. Uh, and, and of course, in Romans 1, we see Paul pointing to this and saying, men are without excuse. Why? Because you can know about God from his creation. So therefore, to deny his existence uh, would be foolish. There's, there's, there's ample evidence for his existence. And even beyond just the knowledge of his existence, you can learn certain things about God from his creation. You can obviously learn that he's very creative. He's also very powerful. Uh, he also is very vast. Uh, he is glorious. You can, you can learn all kinds of general kinds of things from just looking at what he's made. Uh, you can go to the largest scale, like David would say, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament uh, shows his handiwork. You can consider the cosmos, the universe, and you can uh, see just the grand scope and scale and beauty of everything that he has made and the order in which things move and and function in this vast universe. Uh, and the universe is gigantic. It is uh, absolutely beyond breathtaking in its scope. Uh, matter of fact, uh, things are moving away at such a speed that at some point, if the universe continued on uh, for long enough, eventually you would not see anything else around us because things are moving away at such speed and the universe is so vast uh, that it's just beyond comprehension. It's, it's incredible. Um, on the other hand, you could also go all the way down to the smallest scale. You can get down to the subatomic level and you can see incredible design and intricacy uh, at even the most um, minute uh, uh, observable you know, scale. There's a, a, a believing scientist called Stephen Meyer who um, uh, talks about uh, and shows and demonstrates the uh, minimum specified complexity uh, at the atomic level when you consider atoms and cells and things that are so small and the little mechanisms and machines essentially running in the, at the heart of these things and how they function. There is, there is a level of complexity that is required and has always been required for them to be able, uh, for even a cell, uh, to be able to function uh, and not just not be. And so to hear him talk about these things and to show, um, you know, slides and, and, and such of, of how these things function, it's truly breathtaking on, on the smallest scale. And so the fingerprint of God is everywhere. There's no, um, there's no denying you know, the, the designing capacity and capability of our God. And so that's general revelation. What we can learn about God in a, in a sense from his creation. But again, we can only learn so much. We can learn a lot about God from that, but really very, very little by comparison to what can be known about God. And so to move beyond general revelation and to know God on a far more um, uh, involved level, a deeper level, God chose to give us what we call his special revelation, and that is that he spoke to man. Uh, he has interacted with mankind. He has given his word. He has um, done things in the presence of people to demonstrate not only that he is, and, and so much that we can see in nature, but we can see that he has attributes that we can relate to as human beings. As a matter of fact, we're created in his image, and he demonstrates by virtue of his revelation um, so much about his own character and nature in the way that he interacts with us. And most specifically, he's done this by giving us again his word. Uh, and there's a passage that has um, 
really kind of come to my attention a lot lately. Uh, it's a passage that, you know, I mean, you're familiar with it, I'm familiar with it, but it's in Deuteronomy 29, 29, where it says that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but that which is revealed is for us and for our children forever, that we, we may do all the words of this law. Um, the fact that God has spoken with clarity regarding what he requires of man, uh, he's described man's condition, he's described and, and has put in motion his redemptive plan in order to set man free from the penalty of his sin and, and his completely fallen condition. These are things that God has made known to us by virtue of his special revelation. There are things that we would not know about our own condition and about uh, redemption and all of these glorious things had he not told us. Uh, the law, for example, given to help us understand this, the very depth of what's, how sinful sin really is, and therefore understanding again uh, how lost we are in it, and therefore our need for a Savior. And then, of course, he uh, uh, describes through prophecy, which, of course, is one of the greatest evidences for the validity of the Scripture, is its 100% track record when it comes to prophecy and foretelling that which is yet to come. Why? Because God is outside of time, and therefore he tells us the end from the beginning. And so when we look at the, the scripture, we're seeing a whole new revel, uh, uh, level of revelation that goes far beyond general revelation. And the intention, as the passage says there, and this is just one of many passages, is that we would read the law, know the law, understand the law, and follow the law. Now, when I say the law, I'm really, let me broaden that and just say the word of God. There's a context to the old covenant uh, with, with Israel and that kind of thing. But the revelation that God has given us that reveals who he is in the entirety of what he wants us to know about him is found in, in the scripture. That's why people like Ezra would uh, would uh, study the word of God and do it and then teach its statutes in Israel, Ezra, Ezra 7.10. That's why in places like Nehemiah 8.8, they would read distinctly from the law or read paragraph by paragraph and give the sense of it so that people could understand it and therefore apply it. This is why God would specifically tell Joshua, uh, Joshua 1, um, 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall uh, observe to do it, meditate and observe to do it, that um, uh, to do all that is in it, and then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Uh, this is why Paul would record that all scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration of God, uh, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped, thoroughly equipped, uh, for every good work, complete, mature, the idea of growing in maturity by virtue of studying and doing the Word of God and allowing it to speak to you, correct you, mature you in all of these things. The, spe the, the special revelation of God in His Word uh, is the standard by which we judge and understand all things that claim to be true. Uh, every truth claim in regard to our faith, in regard to eternity, in regard to spiritual things, in regard to all things pertaining to God, this is where we go to find those things out. Sure, we pray, we, we ask God uh, things, we speak to Him in prayer, we ask Him to give us wisdom and guidance, we ask Him to answer prayer and those kinds of things, and He does. But He never acts outside of His Word. He never does things outside of that which He has given us as a grid to test whether or not he's in fact the one who's doing it. And so therefore his word is given to us that we might grow thereby. Therefore it is for us and for our children forever that we might ultimately uh, do all the things that he's told us to do. 
Now, of course, again, I'm being general when I talk about and quote that verse, because again, there's a context for this. Uh, we're not back under the law and having to, you know, determine if we can eat certain shellfish or whatever. None of those things are applicable uh, to never have been applicable to Gentiles. But on top of that, because Christ has fulfilled the law, which we understand from the scripture and which we see in history and the actions that he has performed in going to the cross and paying for our sins, God has revealed to us and made known to us his love, his desire to set us free, his capacity to change us from the inside out and make us new creations in Christ, all of these things. And so therefore, when we talk about his special revelation, this is not just a theoretical, um, you know, uh, um, sort of principle and concept. This has real world application that touches us from the deepest place to the most basic daily practice. Because God has speak, spoken to us, it tells us that his desire is for us to know him and to know him well. Uh, the invitation is to come beyond the veil and to find mercy in our time of need there at the throne to which we can come boldly. The intention is that we would understand the things that he has said so that we might know him and that that might affect and change us daily. The invitation is to know him and know him well. I know I've said that a few times, but that's, that's, a, that's a concept that sometimes can be missing from our experience as followers of Christ because we sometimes have been brought up in situations where we just sort of do church. We just sort of go to Sunday school. We just sort of do the things that Christians are supposed to do. But there's a level of intimacy and knowledge of God that often is lacking because we've never been encouraged to go deeper. We study the scripture as we should, but sometimes it's just to memorize a verse or two because there's a sense of obligation in it. Uh, or we just wanna know we have a verse ready in a given situation that we can bring to bear. That's good, and that's a good practice. But to know the word of God, the purpose behind knowing the word of God is to know the God of the word and to become well acquainted with him and to walk with him like one would walk with a friend. Uh, to know him like the loving father that he is, to recognize all that his desire is for this relationship as he has spoken to us about this in his word. Um, the letters that Paul writes, the gospels, the old covenant, everything in the scripture is given to us uh, so that we might study and know it and know him through it. But so much more than in just sort of a rote practical, not practical, but a rote technical kind of a sense, but rather instead in a daily practical walking way. And so when you study the word of God, let me encourage you as I, as I myself try to be, remain cognizant of, uh, let me encourage you to consider the purpose behind his call to know his word, the purpose behind his invitation to study and to daily spend time in the word like like the Israelites collected manna each day, so too are we invited to go and to and to to to, to dine on the Word of God, to daily partake of it, participate in that growth and that uh, that deepening of the relationship that we're invited to. So know that He has some things that are beyond our finding out. There is mystery and wonder to the person and character and nature, and even His workings. But at the same time, He has given us so much. That, is, that he has given us to know him by. And the invitation is for us to go and to, to mine out those nuggets, to dig deeply uh, into the word of God that we might know the God of the word deeply as a result. So uh, 
just some thoughts as I was uh, just kind of doing some devotional time this morning. I knew I'd have a minute as I was driving. I just thought, you know, I just wanted to share just a couple of things that I was thinking about this morning as I was thinking about that passage. So anyway, for what it's worth. But Father, we thank you and bless you for all of the goodness and grace in giving us your word. We thank you that as we look at creation, we can clearly see how awesome you are, how breathtaking in scope you are, how creative uh, you are in all that you have made. But we thank you that you went beyond that and have even spoken to us and have given us your word. We thank you that uh, we don't have to um, just wonder who this God is that made all this stuff, but rather instead we can know you personally and know you deeply. So help us each day to pursue you in that way. Father, we know you've made yourself available to us. And we thank you that you, even in Christ himself, have made yourself known on such personal level, on such a personal interactive level. Uh, Father, we thank you that your word encourages us to know you that way. Uh, one day we'll see you face to face. And we pray that you would be as little of a stranger as can be when that day comes, because we have we've given ourselves to the study of knowing who you are. So thank you, Father. We love you and praise you and bless you for all of your goodnesses um, among these and even maybe most of all for these in terms of our daily practical living, the fact that you've spoken and made yourself known to us. Thank you for this, Lord. We bless you and praise you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name.